0: Welcome to the Real Ones Canes podcast. I am the Beast Brian London. He is Brandon O'Doy. Do us a favor. Follow us on all the socials. You can follow Brandon at Brandon underscore O'Doy. You can follow me at Miami Radio Beast. You can follow the show at Real Ones Canes. But most importantly, go subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Listen, if you're new to the podcast game, it's cool. I'm sure your phone has a podcast app. Whatever phone you have, whatever service you have, we're there. Just look for the Real Ones Canes podcast. Subscribe, and uh, you'll be set. You'll be fine. You can go listen to the three million back episodes we have. We've uh, we've been coming on strong. Brandon, um, we are in the off season, but it is never a slow time in the world of college football, and it's not in the world of the Miami Hurricanes. Just as we were were recording last week's episode, we found out that Tim Harris Jr. was off to be a coordinator. Um, at UCF, that means the Miami Hurricanes are looking for a running backs coach. Um, and, uh, you know, I haven't heard anything specifically about who they're looking at or who there might be. We know there's some internal guys they could promote. We know they're, they could look outside. But um, I, first thing, I'm, I'm really happy for Tim Harris Jr. He's, I think he's a monster of a coach. Um, X's and O's and recruiter and, you know, he deserves a shot as a coordinator and, you know, someday he'll be a head coach.
1: Yeah, I think he'll be a head coach someday and uh, should have got a shot at FIU a couple of years ago, but um a few more credentials building up, some more time at Power 5 and he'll be somebody who once Alex Golish moves on from USF will you know, be in the conversation there. If anything should happen at FI or FAU, he'll be in the strong conversations there Uh and so at the end of the day, um, he's a Miami kid who you have to like. He is a king. Uh, so you have to like uh, from a perspective of him, you know, climbing up the ladder. And, and what this is ultimately about is, you know, just personal growth and development. And he's got a growing family, just had his second child. So, um, you know, a few extra uh, dollars won't hurt. And uh, it's about, you know, getting back to where he was. He was a high school football head coach. He did it at a national championship level and he deserves an opportunity either at UCF once Gus moves on or here in South Florida where his roots are really strong he's super organized he's obviously a great recruiter but that's just because he's a relatable guy but he's a darn good football coach and that's what people need to understand like you don't get Mark Fletcher to have the year he had as a true freshman uh, without a guy that's mentoring him and showing him what to do. And that's the beautiful part about a guy like Tim Harris. He can coach receivers, which he's now going to do at UCF. He can coach running backs, and he can call the offense. And he did all those things at the prep level, at a very high level, beat some very talented competition. He's a big loss for the University of Miami. But in Mario, I trust. I say that a lot here on the podcast. I'm sure you got a ton of people hitting him up for the job, but I can tell you the things that we're going to need as a fan base at the University of Miami, we're going to need somebody who can coach because that is a talented room, but you're also going to need someone who can recruit, and not just for your room, for South Florida and for the University of Miami because he brought a lot of authenticity to that program. He played uh, not necessarily football, but he played, he ran track at a very high level. He was a Hall of Famer. And he played at, you know, the historic Booker T. Washington Senior High School. And he's uh, a South Florida guy from Overtown. And he was welcome into any high school football program in the South Florida area with open arms. And everybody knew who he was. He had a face card. He didn't need to introduce himself. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, when you're looking for people to take jobs, you know, you got to think about that. Now, one guy that I thought about and he's a little bit on the younger side, as far as his coaching, uh, but he has had he's had a few stops, a few coaching opportunities, mostly because of James Coley uh, is Dallas Crawford. Dallas oh, Crawford yeah. is a guy who's been a coach. He was extraordinarily hard worker, really good player. Uh, once he finally got the the chance to go, uh, he basically won the Carolina game on the road, which I happen to be at Thursday yep. night. Crazy atmosphere. all It was a blackout. Uh, and he's been coaching not only at Miami, but he's coached at Georgia. And I think he's had one or two other stops. So he's got some credentials. Uh, Is he ready to be uh, the main guy? I don't know. But there's also an analyst, Benedict Hippolyte, who was also a high school football coach, state championship level type of coach here in South Florida, who coached at Florida uh, before leaving, after leaving Miami. And he returned to Miami uh, under Tim Harris. He's on the current staff right now. So there are some options for Mario Cristobal, Cadillac Williams is running around there. former Auburn standout and interim head coach. So there, there are some places, I believe crystal already got his guy. Uh, I truly believe that he's always got a Rolodex of guys. He can just flip to uh, the question just to be how effective they fit. And uh, can they keep the train moving here with this uh, offense? Cause running back room is pretty good last year.
0: Yeah. And I think, if you sense one thing about Mario and the way he conducts himself is whoever they bring in is going to be someone that has to grind, just grind. Um, That's, that's really a a part of the DNA of this coaching staff. It's part of the DNA that Mario brings to the table and it's not for everyone, but it's certainly, but it's certainly, listen, if you, if you look at, what this staff is trying to do and what they're trying to build. It can be an attractive job for someone that has kind of the right DNA that fits with what Mario and this offensive coaching staff want to do. So uh, we'll, we'll see what they do there. Um, but you're right. With the guys they have in that running back room, this isn't a throwaway uh, job by any means. This is an important to the, uh, to, the, to, to the success of this of this team.
1: Yeah, important to success, and then uh, the legacy of the University of Miami. I mean, you have to remember, uh, this was in the conversation for RBU, and so you definitely want to uh, continue that legacy. You want somebody who understands that, that's looking to promote that and push that. It's been quiet in that running back room lately, but, I mean, look at the AFC Championship. He didn't finish in Miami, but, you know, Gus Edwards, a very yeah. talented kid that played here. I never – I never forget Hurley Brown told me this uh, when he was the running back coach at Miami. He's like, Gus Edwards is a pro. He's a Sunday kid. And at the time he's like the third running back in Miami. Right. And I was like, what are you talking about? He ended up being right. He's the only guy from that class that's still running. You know, Mike James, all those dudes who were in front of him, Gus Edwards yeah. is still in the NFL. He had a great career, having a great career. He's very effective, ran for a bunch of yards for the Baltimore Ravens this year. Um, but yeah, it's time to get make make Miami backs great again. is is definitely apropos for uh, what's taking place, and I think they were well on the way to that under Tim Harris. That's why it's kind of disappointing. He spent about a year at Miami uh, before taking off, and um, he's super excited to be back in Orlando. I haven't gotten the chance to talk to him yet, but man, this next guy's got to continue the legacy for sure.
0: For sure. Speaking of continuing the legacy, uh, continuing the Hurricanes' legacy. Uh, starts with recruiting and getting those high school kids on board. Last weekend, they had 8 billion kids on campus Um, and just (laughs) seeing the, seeing the coverage of all of it. You know, I wasn't there, but I mean, the way the staff, yeah, the way the (laughs) staff, and you got to get down there the way they just do this, the way they recruit um, I'm not going to say that they're, you know, better than X, Y, and Z, but Man, are they a machine when it comes to recruiting.
1: Yeah, um, that was impressive to watch, Beast. Um, And, you know, I I have a little bit more access than most. Um, So just being in there and watching 30, 40 people come at, like, different integrals and just come through process, height, weight, that, like, just how they processed the information, how they had everything set up where they were ready to receive and ready to give badges to everybody. Photo shoots, the stations, just moving the elite recruits around, you know, the guys that were committed already like Luke nickel, you know, arranging, you know, meetings with him and coaches and parents. And man, it was, it was a movie. It was a true movie. And I said to one of the coaches, I said, man, how many people do you think have been through here? Through, you know, and he's like, man, well over a thousand, not even close. Like, it, what? like, I felt, <laughs> I was there a few hours, literally two hours, and I saw what I felt like was close to a thousand people. I mean, it, I, you, you cannot get, I was like, what time did you guys get here? Like, oh, we've been here since like 6 a.m and i walked i walked out of there at like 9 you see what i'm saying so it's like i mean they put in work and just so everybody understands so in the off season there are all these 7 on 7 tournaments that you know are like basically super competitive versions of flag football and high school f- ki- kids playing these the elite of the elite and so there's a big tournament every year uh, called Battle Miami, and it's run by the apparel company Battle, um, which you can buy mouthpieces and other apparel things and dick Sporting Goods and sports goods all over the country. So their CEO, Chris Serco, who I know personally, they have always decided to throw this tournament. Well, it ends up being a super win-win because when you got the elite of the elite and the way the tournament was structured, Chris started out in year one flying all the biggest and the best teams in and created a culture of you open your 707 season in Miami on South beach, even though the tournament's in Fort Lauderdale, but right. like, you know, a lot of people stay on South beach, have fun. You're in a tropical environment and the weather's going to be good. And man, all these teams from California, from Vegas, from like every other place in the country fly in for this. And now year one, two, they needed help. Now it's become a part of the culture. So everybody just kind of gets here. And Miami just takes full advantage of it. And they just made a prospect day. And when I tell you, they trumped people in and out of there from done. I mean, there were food trucks outside for the recruits and their families to grab, you know, exotic Miami treats to eat. I mean, there was just, I mean, they they it was just well done. You talk about Dennis Smith, Joe Brown. Stephen field and the inner workings of Mario Cristobal's off the field staff really put on a masterclass of how to take advantage of an event that you're not even running, commandeer it and make it one of the largest recruiting weekends of your cycle. It's absolute genius. And that's what you saw.
0: You, you listen, you've dealt with so many different coaching staffs around college football at all levels for a long time. Do you see this as like if I went up to a Georgia recruiting event or, you know, an Alabama recruiting event or is is this on par with what the other top Ohio State with what the other top schools are doing? Like we're we're, we're just Miami's machine fit in. It's
1: it's the head man. I don't think you would see this at a lot of other places. Mario Cristobal doesn't have Miami where he promised it would be, and he's going to do anything and everything he can until it gets there. And that's just the bottom line. Like, if you really understood who Coach Cristobal is and you really understood the guys he has around them, like, they're not buying anything but that you will be back. And that's something we said But, like, they literally are putting the work in. Now, if the U never comes back, it won't be because they didn't try. And by try, I mean put in way more work than most people would ever think to put in and on a consistent basis over a long stretch of time. You know, they were let down last year by a couple of things that they didn't anticipate. One, poor quarterback play. Uh, Two, know, a couple of injuries on the defensive line that they didn't expect. They expected to be way more volatile there. They got a few surprises. Ruben Bain was one of them. Uh, You didn't expect to get as much out of him, but at the end of the day, um, and I would say Mark Fletcher was probably a pleasant surprise as well, but at the end of the day, they thought they were going to have a really, really strong year two, and they had an okay year two. They improved. But At the end of the day, now, and we we made a joke, (laughs) and I was talking to Coach Dawson kind of offline. I said, man, that quarterback room kind of shot up, and I can't repeat what he said, but uh, he basically agreed uh, that there's been a tremendous uh, improvement in uh, what they had in in the quarterback room. I mean, you think about it, man. These guys can go four deep. Four deep with guys who have real experience, who won games. How many people can say that they have quarterback room with four guys that have wins at Division I?
0: Yeah. Like wins,
1: not not playing.
0: I'm talking about wins. I don't know if there's another school that can do it. (laughs) Like
1: that. And, and, And then, you know, just with that whole situation and keeping it mostly about recruiting, you look at this Luke Nickel kid. His team comes in, Cam Newton. He wins in the city he's getting ready to come and play in. Because I'm at, at the beginning, Luke Nickel played down here at Western High School, you know, with his Milton team that eventually went on and won the largest classification state championship in Georgia. They looked terrible. And I was out on him and I wrote an article about it. Luke, I gotta apologize to you. This is Brandon O'Doy, footballhotbed.com, the real ones paying car, what, Kane's podcast. I gotta apologize to you. You must have just had a bad day. Because you're a dude. You're a dude. You went out, you won, state championship in Georgia, highest classification. You knocked off a Walton team that hadn't lost all season long. You shook off a really bad loss on the road in Florida. Um, And then you come down and win a championship with Cam Newton, you know, a big time NFL MVP type coach. And you got him screaming and yelling in your ear and you still pull it off. Um, and, uh, I don't know, man, gotta give coach Dawson props on that one because he was way ahead of the eight ball. I was like, wait, it's, it's way too early to take a 25 kid. Like, what are we doing? But now it's like, oh man, this is awesome. This kid is, is going to base this class,
0: you know? Look, I'll I'll be honest with you. If you go through the history of the university of Miami and recruiting, they've always found some diamonds out there through their diligence, through their just, absolute work at it right when they were best at recruiting back in the day they would always find guys that no one else was really on to they would get there early and those guys would end up coming in getting coached up becoming studs so listen you got to get the big ones right you got to go into the portal and get a cam ward that's that's a huge get but you also have to find yourselves some of these guys that you can get an early lead on and and get them into your system from the bottom and not necessarily from the top through the portal. So I mean you gotta hit it both ways, which which is what they're doing.
1: Yeah. And and, and at the end of the day, uh that's a very dangerous um combination. You hitting yeah. in the portal and you are hitting on the high school level, you can change the
0: roster very fast. Now you just gotta get those X's and O's down on game day, but that's a story for a different time. We'll we'll get yeah. there. We'll work on it. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we have a couple of couple of news items that I'd like to get to. Um, one is a college football item, and one is a local uh, high school uh, football powerhouse item. We'll get to those on the other side. Please go subscribe to the podcast wherever you get the podcasts. It is a real Ones Canes podcast. We'll be back right after this. back on the Real Ones Canes podcast. He is Brandon O'Doy. Follow him at Brandon underscore O'Doy. I'm Brian the Beast London. Follow me at Miami Radio Beast. Please go subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. And if you're listening to this on audio, go find the YouTube channel because you can see our uh, beautiful faces there um, and get the video version of stuff. Brandon, a a couple things we have to get into. One is major coaching move at Boston College, which we, you know, keep an eye on. They're an ACC school, and Miami will play them. Um, they're in, they're in the conference. We got to keep our eyes on the ACC. Um, but the Boston College head coach Jeff Halfley, um kind of out of nowhere, decides, you know what? I'm going to go to the NFL, be a coordinator with the Packers. Uh, peace out, Boston College. And if you read some of the articles about that, you know, he just kind of saw where NIL was and what was going on in college football, and he's like. I'm not sure I'm at the right spot to deal with all that. I'm out. Um, and that is an interesting move. We could definitely talk about how the game of college football has changed so much. You have to be a certain type of individual and personality to handle all of the things that are going along with uh, college football. And then we have to talk about who might take that Boston College job. There might be some familiar names on that list, but what did you make about Halfley's move uh, to Green Bay from B.C.?
1: Yeah, it's a very curious move, and this is why, you know, NIL and Transfer Portal are, you know, things that people shouldn't be so caught up with when they were talking about college sports because if, if coaches can pull this, if you can sign and think you're going to play for a coach and uh, be a few days away from, you know, the second signing day and your coach takes off on you and you just came in, you know, in the portal to Boston College like somebody like Ryan Turner who tweeted, you know, an emoji basically saying now what, Um, you know, it's a tough thing to deal with, but you know, it's hard to blame Halfley because he's at Boston college and that's your area of the country beast. You understand, you know, the Northeast better than anybody. And, you know, obviously Boston where you're from at the end of the day, he didn't think that he had the tools to be successful in this new era of college football. And, what what better thing to do than to get out? And this is a trend you're seeing. Nick Saban, not able to manage. Ever since the transfer portal and NIL started, Saban has not won a championship. You know, at the University of Alabama, he's been close three times, no cigar. And so he made a decision to move on from college football. You see Halfley doing it. And so a lot of people around college football are concerned with where the sport is and they should be because what you're seeing is, and, and, and I remember, and I want to make sure I put this on record. I think college football is going to become a miniature version of the NFL. I think with a 12-team playoff that will eventually become 16, which is roughly 15 and 15, you're going to have 30 to 35 teams that can compete and recruit and pay NIL dollars at a high level. And then everybody else is just going to be in the wing. And so what you're going to do, half those teams are going to make the college football playoff, and then they're just going to compete for who's number one. And you've got to try to figure out how you can get to one of those programs. Because if you're not, you're just going to be playing football and getting the scraps because, like we see at Oregon, they're going to have two and three guys that could be starters at the quarterback position, like you see at our own Miami. You got guys that can be starters that are on the depth charts. And you typically don't see that. You see an experienced guy and a very young guy, maybe a high school guy. You never see guys who have starts and wins sitting and willing to compete and back up. And the reason is this is a new day and a new era. There's money involved. Guys are being paid. Guys are being paid substantial amounts of money. And, and Coach Hafley at Boston College just said, you know what? I don't think this is for me. I'm out of here.
0: You know, growing up in Boston, um, it's such a unique, it's 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 a pro sports town. It is just not a college sports town, despite the fact that Boston and New England is a college town, it's a college area, it's all academics it's not athletic top
1: flight colleges the best colleges in america
0: right but it's not it's not athletic related um it's such an afterthought you know doug flutie's not walking through that door um (laughs) is is the bottom line um and it's kind of a shame because you know, there's so many prep schools up there between Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, all the New England schools. There's a million prep schools. I went to one of them, but it's just those the best athletes at those schools don't stay home. They go to other places to go to college, and it's just never built up the, that college sports kind of atmosphere. So it's so tough there, um, and listen, if you're a business in Boston, are, are you going to support – Boston College with NIL money, or you're going to go throw your money behind the Red Sox, the Pats, the Celtics, the Bruins, uh, and get the visibility there. So there's just a lot of the uh, corporate dollars go to other places as opposed to supporting college athletics. It's kind of a shame, but um, it's such a unique situation. Uh, you know, Miami's a unique situation for a different reason, but BC is as well. Um, they'll find somebody that will fit their their DNA. Um, and speaking of which, there's a couple of guys that I think we're familiar with. One is a little bit before your time, Brandon, is Rob Chudzinski, who used to be the offensive coordinator and tight ends coach at Miami. Uh, Chud is up there as like an assistant head coach analyst. He's on that staff. We'll see if he gets a shot. Um, and then another guy that's been mentioned for that job and would probably fit. Okay. Is Al golden, um, who has those Northeast tendencies Um, he might, he might fit, you know, he's at Notre Dame, another Catholic school. Uh, he might fit pretty well at BC, another, another Catholic school. Um, those names are out there. There's some other ones, some interesting ones like Brian Flores, who played at BC, Al Washington. Um, Al Washington is the name I've been
1: told to keep an eye on. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's at Notre Dame. Um, he's a guy that's 37 years old. He's got some chops. He can get in the recruiting game. Um, I think you want to look for Al Washington. Uh, I like Golden that he'll probably get a phone call. Um, uh, even though he's not an alum, like Washington. Um, don't forget about Mike Reed, associate head coach at Clemson. Yep. He's an alum yep, of Boston sure. College. Yeah, uh, played in the NFL. Been at Clemson for gobs of years. Um, he's a guy that has the chops. Uh, can recruit at a high level. So Boston College has got a very important decision to make because kind of similar to my alma mater, you know, we're in this, like, super high academic situation where we've got money, but we're not going to spend it like the Miamis of the world, the Florida States of the world, the Oregons, certainly not Ohio State, you know, and everything that they're doing, uh, giving everybody a million dollars plus. But, you know, at the end of the day, they had a fairly decent team. Uh, this Concepcion kid, uh, not Concepcion, but this quarterback.
0: Castellanos. Uh, Castellanos yeah,
1: Castellanos. Um, he's very talented. You want to secure him and you want to, you know, secure some talent around him. Did pretty good in the portal. Picked up Ryan Turner from Chaminade via Ohio State and um, got some other pieces there. But, yeah, that's kind of a gut punch to lose your head coach in February. And... um you know, it doesn't matter what the reasons are given. You know, everybody who's kind of not built for this new world of NIL and the constant like changeover of rosters, because really, every two years, like two times during the year, your roster is under complete full attack. Kids can walk out of the door at the end of the season during the bowl, you know, time period, and they can walk out of the door after spring. That's insanity, you know. Yeah, and so some rules have to be, you know, put down. The NCAA has to. Finally step up with leadership. And uh, you know, coaches really can't manage it. I'm talking to coaches about recruiting and getting kids in school. And they're like, Brandon, we just don't know because we don't know who's gonna be here or not. And we got to try to figure things out. And that's, you know, you got high school kids that aren't signed that typically would have been. It's it's a big mess right now. But this, this hire, the only thing I like about it, because there's not much good about it, especially if you're a Boston college student athlete. The good thing about it is it's going to bring to the forefront a real serious problem in this sport, and it needs to be addressed. Because if you can have your head coach walk out on you and not to walk to another job, but to walk to the NFL after being a head coach in college football and being moderately successful, producing a first-round pick in Zay Flowers, you know, the previous year cultivating and developing him as a player, and he just says, man, I'm out, that's that's really troubling, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, it'll be interesting to see who they hire, and you know who you know who's uh, making that hire, our old friend Blake James. So uh, we'll see. Really? Uh, Is he the uh, AD, AD there. Yeah, he's the AD up there in Boston College. Wow, your yep. boy. All right, yeah, Mr. Might, Blake. Might have you to shoot him Blake a text. Go- see what he's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: think he would go for Golden Part Two?
0: That would I be don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. He they certainly have some sort of a relationship or something i we'll have to see uh that'll wow, be interesting James.
1: that's not a name i ever thought i would say again but whatever. yeah
0: no, there you go, there you go. Uh, what up blake um, yeah exactly you know what a name that uh i didn't think i was going to say again as related to uh his high school alma mater but we have to is teddy bridgewater who uh just before we started recording announced his retirement from the nfl he was actually on the detroit roster and uh He's going to go coach high school football at his alma mater, Northwestern. Um, yeah. Pretty interesting move. A guy that was kind of a journeyman in the NFL after a great career at Louisville. Um, played for the Vikings. Played for the Saints. Carolina, Denver, Miami. And then ended it in Detroit. But uh, decides, you know what? Why be uh, why be the third string quarterback somewhere? or Be a journeyman when I can go put the time in with the community I know so well and did so great at. Northwestern
1: yeah now this is kind of a unique move and this is a humanitarian move Teddy Bridgewater is a fixture in the South Florida community particularly in Liberty City uh, where he played he's not from there a lot of people confuse that he was more so from the Bunch Park Miami Gardens area but he became attached to that area while he attended you know Miami Northwestern Senior High School uh in the city of Miami the inner city of Miami um during his prep career and so He has for years done giveaways of turkeys and bikes, uh, turkeys during Thanksgiving, bikes during Christmas. He just enjoys being, you know, giving back. And you saw when he was on the Miami Dolphins roster, he had a lot of extra time. Uh, He would come to games and he would get involved. I don't know the legality of uh, how, how, how fair it was, but he would coach on the sidelines and he would help players you know tried to you know do well he would draw plays and he had everyone's full attention and now um he had forecast that this would be his last year he went back he's one of those guys because he knows offenses so well he's a great mentor and because he can get into a game and give you a win or two uh during the season if someone gets hurt he was gonna have a job as long as he stayed in shape probably into his 40s But he just decided, hey, look, I've got more life to live. I want to go walk in my purpose. And that's kind of what he's doing. Uh, I had heard that this was going to happen back in October, you know. So this has been in the works for quite a while. Um, Was made official today. A buddy of mine at the Portal 305 broke it. Um, And we've known it was coming, uh, but it was made official today. He, you know, played his last football game in the AFC Championship, which is awesome. Uh, they fell just short, uh, come from, behind, come from behind loss uh, to San Francisco at the Detroit Lions and uh, still a great season and a great way to go out. I was hoping he'd go out as a Super Bowl champ, but that did not happen. He comes back to South Florida and beast. He's going to build a beast uh, at Miami Northwestern, which already has a ton of pedigree, a ton of guys that went to the league, a ton of guys that played at Miami uh, and did yeah. really well. He was committed to Miami I'll never forget yeah, he was. you know they took him to dinner and and we thought it was a done deal and I forget what happened but he did not end up at Miami after a coaching change and then he ended up going to Louisville made a great career out of himself and hey it worked out great for him so salute to you Teddy Bridgewater and I'm looking forward to all the things you're going to do for the South Florida community because you are truly special in that regard great mentor great young man uh it's going to be it's going to be good for the Bulls
0: yeah, feels so good for for that program and and for him. Um, I I think it's going to be such a great thing. I I look for real special things for the Bulls to be doing with uh, Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. I love I love stories like that. I love I love when guys decide to get back um, and give back to the community and the high especially school, especially when work. they don't have to. You yeah, know, he's no, got no.
1: plenty of money. He doesn't need to coach. He doesn't need no. to work in the schools. He can go yeah. sit on the beach.
0: But you know what? It, listen. What's going to get kids' attention? I mean, you talk about a guy that played nine years in the NFL. Uh, that's going to get that's going to get kids' attention, right? I mean, yeah. that's that that's going to be something that's that's going to be impactful for them. So uh, that's a really great story. All right, man. Well, uh, we got to figure out who the next running backs coach is. More recruiting stuff is always happening. I see. Uh, Let's Mardo's... check Twitter
1: because we've been doing really good
0: uh, on. Yeah, I mean, there, break. A, sto- a, st- a story might have broken yeah, uh, exactly like while we, we were. Off. You know, you never know. <laughs> Uh, you never know. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I think uh, we're safe. But yeah, uh, wow. yeah, I think I think we're good. Uh, we'll, we'll look forward to Mario Cristobal and his helicopter landing at different schools all over the uh, all over the country. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I, I just I love seeing that stuff. Um, it's just well, it's, it's over just... it
1: now because signing day is next week. But yeah, no, maybe in the spring he'll start back. Exactly. All right, man. Thank you. We uh, will Nick Saban
0: love Nick for yeah. that ridiculous <laughs> tradition yeah the the helicopter um all right everyone go subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts until next time we will see you it's the real one pain podcast peace